The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Before we start this episode of the Paracast, I had a look at our previous schedule because we're talking about being online or on the air since 2006, nearly 900 episodes plus close to 500 of the After the Paracast podcast for our premium subscribers. Of those, we have been talking about the Rendlesham Forest UFO encounter way back to 2009 when Peter Robbins, who is co-author of Left at Eastgate, was on the show. We've talked to people like John Burroughs, who says that he was impacted by the case negatively and he had to basically bring in a lawyer to help him get payment by the VA for the injuries he suffered. A lot of coverage there, and George Wingfield, our guest today, is author of the Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger, and he's going to explain what that means in just a moment. Before we do, though, we do have some sad news to present. Over the years, we featured a writer and publisher named Robbie Graham, and one book I know that we use as a source for many episodes was UFOs Reframing the Debate. And unfortunately, he's left us. And I think, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, he was like 42 years old? Something like that, yeah. Just way too young, way too young. Really sad, but of course, we all have the books and the articles that he wrote, and they will serve as his legacy. George, did you know Robbie Graham? No, I, I, I fear I did not. No, I only just heard about it yesterday. Well, if you go online and check Red Pill Junkie, the columnist who's been on the Paracast a number of times over the years and was responsible for the caricature of me that we use on the show, he wrote a really, really touching memorial to Robbie Graham. On this week's episode, again, it's going to be about Rendlesham. And as we start here, I realize some of you are not familiar with this 1980 encounter in the UK. And I'm going to ask George, how did you get involved in studying it and writing this book? Well, well, the first time I got involved was really, uh, I've taken a great interest in, in this particular case over the years, but was when Nick Pope published his book, which is called Encounter in Rendlesham Forest. He published that in 2014. I talked to him a lot about it. He, he did a very thorough job on examining every possible angle and everything that's happened. He really came to no conclusion, although he 
sort of implied at the end of the book that he thought this was a genuine E.T. UFO. And he co-authored the book with the two principal witnesses, who are John Burroughs and Jim Penniston. But um, I was particularly fascinated by the Rendlesham case because it involved multiple witnesses. And uh, I think if you're investigating a case, uh, that is far more interesting because you're more likely to find the truth from multiple witnesses than from one witness who says he went out into the desert and met a UFO and talked to aliens and so on. Uh, so here is an absolutely fantastic case which has to be examined from every angle well tell our listeners here for those who haven't been following the show all these years or haven't kept up on ufo lore what are the basic facts that we first learned about this case well the basic facts the whole thing started on on a dark dark winter's night on the 25th, 26th of December 1980. And um, this was at the the twin bases. These are twin USAF, US Air Force bases in England. And um, there are two airfields, uh, two bases which are about three miles apart at one of the bases called Woodbridge, RAF Woodbridge. Uh, the security people had seen uh, lights out in the forest. And um, at first, they, this was at about 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m. on a dark winter's night. Everything was closed down because it, it was a holiday being Christmas, and the, uh, there were very few people. Otherwise, uh, there would have been a lot more people there. But they, they saw lights in the forest, and... Um, at first, they thought this was a, a crashed plane, some maybe a light plane rather than a military plane because there was no flying. There was meant to be no flying that night. And two men who, who were part of the security police who were on duty uh, went out into the forest. These were Jim Patterson and John Paris. And the rest, we, we go from there. They encountered... Um, a craft, what appeared to be a landed craft with lights on it, uh, lights uh, flashing in no particular pattern, and lights of different colors in the forest. And, um, okay, uh, do you want me to go on and describe even more of this? Yes, I would. Let's, in order to put this in perspective, let's go with what the story has been before we decide. Okay. To cover huge, there's a huge amount more, but basically this encounter, uh, which um, from the time they went out from the RAF Woodbridge base into the forest, they went on foot into the forest, and they um, were called back again less than an hour later, but... Uh, the, the, the two of them, uh, three, uh, four men went out, one hung behind in order to maintain a radio communication link with, 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 um, with the base. Um, basically, they say they saw uh, this triangular object 
sitting stationary in the forest uh, with various lights flashing on it. And um, Jim Penderson and John Burroughs were the two who, when they got as close as, um, let me see, about 100 yards from it, they stopped and they looked, and they then went forward. And at some stage, uh, I don't know how close they were, because this isn't, isn't actually uh, ever disclosed, there was an enormous flash, great pulse of light uh, came from this object, and it quite clearly affected uh, John Burroughs. It, uh, both of them were sort of thrown to the ground, or they threw themselves to the ground. And um, from then on, uh, Burroughs appears to have no recollection of what, ha what happened next. Jim Penniston says that he went on, he, he, having ascertained that this was not a hostile object, I don't know how he ascertained that, he, he walked right up to it. He touched it, he went around it, and uh, he also said he photographed it. Um, he, he, uh, his photographs, which were sent back to the base photo lab for processing um, at a later stage, obviously, um, were said to have been fogged, and, and I think they were actually confiscated and suppressed. And um, he uh, clearly thought at the time, he had no idea what this thing was, he clearly thought it was some kind of uh, unidentified craft which had landed in the forest. We're going to do our break now, George, and then we'll get back. We're talking okay. with George Wingfield. The book is The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. And we're going to continue to focus on the accounts of the case itself and then on the solution that George has devised. More to come with Gene, George, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about after the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. 
Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with George Wingfield. He's describing the encounter with a possible UFO in Rendlesham Forest to the point where one of the observers actually touched the thing and about photographs that may or may not have been fogged, may or may not have been confiscated, George? Yeah, that's right. And Paniston, the account now comes from just one person because Burroughs seems to have been zapped and is temporarily I don't know, concussed. He's behaving like uh, a bit like a zombie because he's been concussed and not quite clear from the account whether he's just standing there and uh, completely out of it. But Penniston, according to his account, goes on to the craft which is landed in the forest. Now, for those who, who are not familiar with uh, what has been written, a hundred times already. The craft is said to be 
triangular or conical. Uh, I don't think I don't think Benson uses the word conical in shape, but it is basically conical, and it's quite big. It's taller than a person. It's about ten foot six inches high, and it's the diameter across the uh, base, the wider part of the base, is about thirteen feet. It's big and heavy, and he, he, according to his account, Penniston walks around it twice. He touches the surface. It's a smooth metal surface. But he also finds on the surface there are what he calls glyphs, which are uh, a few strange shapes, which um, he says felt rough to the touch, completely rough, completely unlike the rest of the surface, which is like a metal surface or an airplane or something like that, um, stainless steel, in fact. But he then, having completed his survey, and he says in his account of what happened that after roughly 45 minutes, and I don't know where he's going to find that time, unless there's some kind of time dilution, that's not the right word, uh, um, missing time or something of this kind going on, as you get in some UFO cases, um, the craft takes off. Now, this is where I say the account is uh, simply not true. So, let me, let me just read this. Um, it says, after roughly 45 minutes, the light from the craft began to intensify. Burroughs and I then took a defensive position away from the craft, and it lifted off the ground without any noise or air disturbance. It maneuvered through the trees and shot off at an unbelievable rate of speed. It was gone in the blink of an eye. Um, well, okay, Burroughs was out of it, so Burroughs wasn't taking a defensive position or even looking, and Burroughs uh, has no recollection, not even to this day, of any craft taking off. He does remember approaching lights in the forest. He, uh, In his account of what he saw, he doesn't use the word craft. He says there was something there in the forest, maybe some... Uh, physical object of a fairly large size compared with a person uh, with lights on it, but he doesn't uh, have anything else about this. So um, the only account of the craft taking off comes from Penniston. And I say it's a false account. When he first gave this account, um, and when he first, you know, long after he left the military, and uh, he, in, in 2007, he appeared at the National Press Club in Washington. There was a specially arranged presentation, and uh, Penson came and told the people there, this was a, a lot of sort of UFO people, and the UFO community went to this to listen to what he had to say. And um, he gives this account of the craft taking off, which absolutely nobody else corroborates. He says, uh, it was it maneuvered through the trees and shot off at an unbelievable rate of speed. It was gone in the blink of an eye. In my logbook, I have it right here, I wrote speed impossible. 
Over 80 Air Force personnel, all trained observers assigned to the 81st Security Police Squadron, witnessed the takeoff. Well, that's what he said in 2007, and that's what he repeated in Nick Pope's book. Um, and I read this. I thought, 80 trained observers? Uh, where are they? All out in the forest at night? Uh, they're not going to see anything from bench reporters. They wouldn't see anything from Woodbridge if they were back at the bait. Any, anyway, this, is, uh, this 80 trained observers is a fiction. And um, although he, I asked Nick Pope, um, can, can you get Penison to confirm that? And Nick came back to me and said, well, yes, he confirms that. That's, that's what he said. And that, that is how it was. I said, Are you sure, 80? 80 trained observers from the U.S. Air Force? Uh, you sure that's not a typo for eight? So Nick... Uh, check this out again, and apparently that is exactly what Penniston said. Um, that account uh, of 80 trained observers no longer appears in um, Penniston's own book. We, he's, Jim Penniston wrote a book which appeared in 2019 called The Rendlesham Enigma, and although he is, is a huge book full of detail, but the account of the 80 trained observers watching the takeoff has been dropped. And uh, beside Penniston, um, nobody saw the alleged takeoff of this object. And uh, so you either believe him, uh, this was a genuine UFO which did take off under its own steam, or you believe what I've written in my book. Um, so, uh, let's just... Let's look into Penniston that. first, okay? George, let's look into the case of Penniston here. So, yeah, basically okay. you're saying, without any doubt, what he's saying is or was not true. Did he just exactly. make it up? Was he mistaken? What is it? No, uh, what, I, what I'm saying is that... Uh, the only account of the object, the craft, taking off from this clearing in the forest comes from, comes from Penniston. Nobody else witnessed it. There were one or two others who'd gone out into the forest with them, but were not particularly close. And there was a man called Ed Cabance. He doesn't recall either seeing a craft in, in the forest. Uh, he, he was... Maybe he was 100 yards or 200 yards back from where this was, and he doesn't recall any takeoff. We'll continue with George and Tim and Gene. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest-rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. This is a USA News update. Federal officials claim things are looking better in East Palestine, where crews have been going door-to-door to check in on residents in the wake of the train derailment that spilled toxic substances. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says 15 truckloads of contaminated soil have already been disposed of at a licensed facility. The U.S. is imposing new sanctions on Russia to mark the one-year anniversary of the Ukraine invasion. The new penalties include U.S. financial and travel sanctions against 200 Russian individuals and other entities who support the invasion. More than 21 million people are still under flood alert across Southern California as a historic winter storm bashes the region with heavy rain, snow, and high winds. Areas including Los Angeles and San Diego are experiencing flooding, power outages, and even highway closures. This is Karen Sloan, USA News. Attention. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers. Customers, simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. 
I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. George Wingfield talking about the Rendlesham Forest UFO encounter. And we have the problem here that you point out with Peniston's testimony about what happened, that he was the only person to witness the rapid takeoff of this UFO. And the question I had again, and I'm kind of trying to understand here, how did he come up with this? Was he making it up at all, you think? No. Uh, what, I, what I'm saying is he, he and Burroughs and the two other guys had gone out into the forest, and there was something in this clearing in the forest. It was not a particularly large clearing, but it was... And when they'd gone through the trees... They saw this, and then, as I say, there was a, a big flash of light, which seems to have affected Burroughs much more than Peniston. And um, then you have this account of by Peniston of him going around the craft and touching it and finding strange glyphs on it. And I'm sure he was he had no idea what this was. I'm sure he was truly puzzled. And... If we go much further on, when he, when he has to come back to back to the base, everybody has to come back to the base, and uh, they have to make reports of what they saw or what happened, what went on out there in the forest. And I think at this time, Charles Holt, who's another character in this saga, who's a deputy base commander, was aware that he thought... Peniston had a story to sell and probably would at some stage sell his story. So the story was probably going to be somewhat altered in order to make it saleable, especially to the UFO community and people like that. Okay, so you're um, saying here he inflated the story. He inflated. Well, okay. it's, what, it's what I call, and I call this in my book, I have a acronym for it, which is a false multiple witness claim, an FMWC, false multiple witness claim. I, I say if you read the UFO literature, you often find this. You have this amazing account of some UFO encounter or a UFO landing or this or that, and it's claimed that dozens of people were there, dozens of people saw this happen. But if you inquire a bit further and you go out and look for the, these uh, supposed witnesses, you'll find that there just weren't any. The account in a false multiple witness claim comes from one particular person. And I'll try and give you another example of this. Another example I can think of is uh, Stan Romanek. Do you remember Stan Romanek? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, he, he. I remember him telling some of the investigators uh, from MUFON and so on, uh, oh, well, this UFO, uh, which I was in contact with, it landed in a public park somewhere, somewhere in Colorado, somewhere near Denver, I think. This is in broad daylight, and there were dozens of people saw it. You know, there were families out there. It was uh, on a 
sunny afternoon and this UFO came down and all, all you know all, all the investigators were terribly impressed they said oh my god uh, it must be real dozens of people saw this well it wasn't real at all he made the whole story up <laughs> uh, so well, that's just one case of what I call a false multiple witness claim if I thought a bit I'd probably think up several others any, anyway, uh, the story goes on from there, and obviously uh, this encounter, they had an encounter with some craft out in the forest, and it left behind some traces which uh, were perfectly visible the next day, and um, Charles Holt and others from the base came out, and they saw where this thing had been and it had left behind three fairly large indentations in the ground where it had stood. It had three legs so it had a sort of tripod arrangement which it rest, rested on and it was quite clear that uh, there had been some heavy object uh, there the night before. Did they get um, photographs of that? Well, the photographs taken by people at the base at the time were suppressed, but they took plastic casts of it. Penison took a plastic cast of it, and one or two of the other people, I, I have all this in my book, uh, did take plastic casts. And it showed uh, the a tripod arrangement to the landing gear, or whatever it was sitting on, and... Uh, it, it had these three pads on the ground, which were about seven inches in diameter, uh, which formed an equilateral triangle. Uh, that was what the impressions were on the ground. The equilateral triangle, the side of which was eight feet. The, uh, each of the pads at the corners of the equilateral triangle were seven inches across and the indentation in the ground was about an inch and a half. So there was some big heavy object on the ground and obviously it had been there and it had gone. So people obviously tended to believe what well, well, Penniston told them that uh, yeah, this thing had taken off uh, like any good UFO should do. Totally silently it zigzags through the trees. We're getting into sort of um, Hollywood movies here where, uh, where these things zigzag through the trees and shoot away into the sky. But um, that's what um, people accepted. Now, all of this would have been suppressed by the, the, the Air Force authorities and should not have ever come out. But... Unfortunately for them, uh, Charles Hall, the deputy base commander, who'd been taking care of all this, he, he knew about all this, he, he, he was uh, trying to make a record of it, and he issued a memo, which um, I've got in the book, there's a photocopy of that, uh, saying, you know, what had occurred, and... Uh, this memo was sent to um, the British uh, 
British liaison officer who, um, you know, was the liaison between the United States Air Force and the Royal Air Force, and he, he had responsibility for this particular base. And um, that, uh, under Freedom of Information Act, was let out to the public years later. It caused a sensation. And... Um, that formed the basis of lots and lots of UFO stories, including one in particular in a British newspaper, which came out, I think, about two years after it happened, with this report and with the headlines, in huge headlines saying, UFO lands in Suffolk, and that's official, implying, uh, you know, extraterrestrial UFO and the fact that the uh, US authorities had um, conceded that this is what this had been about. Um, so, um, we also go, go on in the book to uh, two, two nights later, in the same place, Charles Haunt himself went out because he heard that the UFO was back and uh, People had seen lights in the forest, or lights in the sky, and he went out there with three other men, and they saw um, what he describes as uh, all sorts of UFOs or lights in the sky UFOs. We'll continue with this discussion with George, Gene, and Tim. You're in to bear a guest. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. 
I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is the perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have George Wingfield. The book is called The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. And now we're talking about something that happened a few days later after the original encounter where something strange was reported. George, continue with the story. Right. So um, so there was more activity, two, as I say, two nights later. And quite a number of people by this time got out in the forest. Now, uh, people saw various lights in the sky, which they described as UFOs, okay, moving about in in the sky, and Charles Holt himself, the deputy base commander, uh, was out there near the position where the the original UFOs meant to have landed, um, and he saw these lights. He saw a pencil thin beam of light come down from these supposed objects in the sky. Uh, very close to where he was and I think he was quite shaken and he definitely believed and I think he says that he still believes to this day that these were of extraterrestrial origin and uh, um, he refused to be shaken by that but he also Charles Holtz made a number of statements about the um, the 
U.S. Air Force um, attempt to suppress all information about what actually happened there. And uh, he's written a book of his own. He's got a book, which I haven't got here. And uh, Burroughs has written a book. Burroughs concentrates on the uh, unfortunate effect all, all this UFO encounter had on him and his health. Uh, he, he was in a pretty bad way. If you remember, he was the one who got zapped by the UFO at the beginning. Now, so, before we go on, I want to go into a little bit here before we leave that. John Burroughs. Yeah. He's been on the PowerCast several times. Yeah. One time he was here with Nick Pope and a lawyer that he hired to persuade the VA to give him coverage because he said he developed a heart condition as a result of this close encounter. What's your take yeah, on that? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's right. He, he was very badly affected. I, I've met John, and uh, I've uh, talked to him. And, of course, my interest in what, what this thing was, and he was saying, uh, well, whatever it was, he held the... U.S. authorities responsible for what had happened to him. And it was like, uh, you know, being wounded in combat or uh, having a severe health condition. And when he went to, uh, got people to go to the VA and say, uh, I want my records and I want, to, uh, I want to get some kind of, you know, treatment program uh, based on, on what happened to me that night, uh, he found that his um, records uh, at the time, his health record, had been classified as secret. And, of course, people who believe this is an alien UFO um, obviously said, oh, that, that proves it. It's been classified because the U.S. authorities knew this was uh, an alien spaceship and they didn't want anyone to know about that. Well, now, the reason it was classified... I've no doubt is because what they're saying was was a secret weapon which had been devised under Project Honey Badger. I'll talk about Project Honey Badger in a minute and why there was a need for such a weapon. But um, that, that's where uh, poor John Barris was at. He, he developed a very bad heart condition which nearly killed him. Uh, forgotten exactly when this was, but um, his focus has been entirely on the effect this encounter had on him. But um, just to get back to, we've got, we've got our two primary witnesses, Penniston and Burroughs, and uh, then we've also got these events which went on, a lot of lights in the sky and things of this kind, which happened um, two days or two nights, I should say, after uh, the initial encounter. And then, almost immediately afterwards, all of these men who had any, um, who had witnessed the original event, and I say that there were two others who were out in the forest, but they weren't particularly near the craft, uh, were hauled in by the AFOSI, the Air Force. Office of Special Investigations, and they were interrogated. And in particular, Penniston and Burroughs were 
uh, almost brutally interrogated. They were they received um, truth serum, they received um, hypnosis, and they had multiple sessions. And the people in that AFOSI office in, in Bentwaters, which is one of the twin bases, um, said, oh, this will, this will be the last session. But it never was. This is what Penniston says. I have no reason to disbelieve that. And they interrogated him, and they put him under hypnosis, and they tried to get out of him exactly what had happened and a description of what effect it had on him, and they did the same to Burroughs. And what he says, the telling thing is that um, Penniston says, we were treated as enemy combatants. And uh, this seemed the most extraordinary thing to do to to um, to U.S. servicemen who were just doing what the duty was. Why should they be treated as enemy combatants and treated like the enemy? Well, the reason I maintain is they, uh, was they were treated like this because they had had a secret weapon tested on them without their knowledge. And uh, the people who had devised that weapon uh, wanted to know exactly what effect it had and what they thought it was and how they reacted subsequently. Now, you can either take it that that was done because it was a secret weapon test, or if you like, you can take it because the authorities knew that this was a genuine extraterrestrial UFO which had come down and uh, zapped them and uh, wanted to know more about this. I, I think that my interpretation is the better one, but there's a lot more to uh, suggest that this was the test of a secret weapon developed under Project Honey Badger. So, um, uh, Burroughs... What happened with him, I think, is is really interesting. I mean, does he acknowledge that time passed after he was succumbed by the uh, uh, the light, or does he does he maintain that nothing happened? That you know, Pennington didn't see you know a landed UFO and touched it and and things like that. Uh, no, no, he. he um he says, I have no memory, no, no memory of uh, what happened. I remember approaching something, there was obviously something which looked like, he didn't use the word craft, he said some triangular thing which was had lights on it. And uh, after that, you know, my next memory is if he'd been con concussed hmm. and... Uh, he, whatever this thing was, uh, he puts down as being what caused him all his health problems. But what I'm saying is that I believe, and there's a lot of reasons to believe this, which I've laid out all in, in my book, that this was a directed energy weapon. Now, um, directed energy weapons have been developed um, in the U.S., all extremely secret. And uh, 
if if you're zapped with a large pulse of electromagnetic energy, say, from such a weapon, um, the effects it can have on you, quite apart from possibly damaging your heart in some way, uh, it causes difficulty in breathing, disorientation, nausea, pain, vertigo, and memory loss. And uh, those are some of the common side effects. Let's continue with this. George okay. Wingfield is our guest. We're exploring another possibility for the Rendlesham Forest UFO encounter. With George, Gene, and Tim, you're in... In the Betacast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call one 877 928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extend Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I wanted to ask you something here about penicillin particularly. So they subject him to truth serum and hypnosis. I assume that any exaggerations that he engaged in describing the encounter to the public, they would have known, so he didn't do it when he talked to the authorities. Well, the exaggerations, I mean, okay. The first time he ever said, you know, we saw the UFO take off uh, was in uh, 2007 
That's the first time we hear this from Peniston, and describes a takeoff and so on. That was at the National Press Club in Washington at a special meeting, which is cool to hear, hear him talk. Now, okay, if we go back to 27 years earlier, I don't know what, what he told. I don't know what he told the AFOSI people. I don't know what, what he said he saw. This is presumably what they got out of him. And uh, if he's taking truth serum, uh, he may have said something completely different. So really, I, I, don't, I don't know that. But um, this, uh, suddenly, I, I cover this in the book, and then um, the interrogations are covered by Nick Pope in his book, Encounter in Rendlesham Forest. So we, we don't really know, but um, going going forward all, all these years, we, uh, he has um, some sketches he made. If you remember, he took photographs of this object in, in the forest, and um, the photographs were said to have been, all of them, completely overexposed, so nothing showed. And whether they were or not, he never saw the photographs back. He never got any photographs back. So he made um, sketches. Burroughs made a sketch too, funny enough, from memory later, for what he saw through the trees. Now, um, Penson draws rather better. And by the time we see a sketch made by Penson, he made it in his police notebook, and he said he'd did this what twenty four hours after the after the event, uh, and we now have what is usually served up um, in books which favour this as being a, 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 an extraterrestrial craft. As it looks like some little stubby winged, it has wings now. And it's roughly um, roughly triangular in shape, still the same size. And instead of sitting bolt upright as as the cone in the forest clearing, it's now shown as sort of being done to an angle, as if it could take off and fly up into into the air. So um, I have, uh, you know, his sketch is is in my book, and also. On the cover of my book, I have what I believe they actually saw, although they um, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily know that. Um, so, just to go to go from there is uh, one thing we only heard about very much later, uh, long after this all happened, was that there was. Uh, a forester, one of the Rendlesham Forests, whose job was in the forest, who had a house at the end of the RAF Woodbridge runway. And literally, just a few hours, two or three hours before this episode, which the forester didn't know about until much later, he said he saw a helicopter uh, carrying, slung underneath it, a large triangular object, and it was flying east in the direction of where the UFO landing site was. Now, the forester was interviewed, and uh, some some of his sighting, he was there with his wife, and he said, you know, late on Christmas Day, 
1980, uh, he saw it's coming out of Woodbridge. Now, there was meant to be no flying. All flying had been cancelled uh, at that time at Woodbridge. And um, some people said, oh, well, this story is simply untrue. But uh, I've, I've been to Woodbridge. I talked to people. I've talked to the a man called Graham Haynes, who is the director of the Bentwaters Cold War Museum, and he said, yeah, this, this story is true. And it's quite obvious what the triangular object must have been. It was very likely the, um, the craft, which was in the forest. And it was slung underneath it. You know, you slung, sling things underneath a helicopter on cables especially big, heavy objects. And I suggest uh, the helicopter put this down in the forest for a reason. And uh, we get to that in my book. That's um, explained in quite a lot of detail and also the history of this particular object, which, um, to my amazement, when I first heard about this, uh, was an Apollo command module. Now, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the um, Apollo lunar program, the Apollo lunar mission, which NASA uh, conducted to land a man on the moon in land 69. Are you still there? Oh, yeah. Well, and by the time that um, that this all happened, the Apollo missions had been uh, discontinued. Absolutely right. Absolutely. The Apollo missions, um, Armstrong, Armstrong and Aldrin landed on the moon in July of 1969. And there were several more, um, I think, three or four, another four moon landings. There was Apollo 14, which didn't make it, but luckily it returned to Earth. And um, the reason that there was... Um, an Apollo CM command module uh, at RAF Woodbridge was that the squadron which was based at RAF Woodbridge was the 67th Air Rescue and Recovery Squadron and they were tasked with possible recovery of any real uh, Apollo command module which came back and splashed down after going to the moon and came back down in the wrong place. So they, they were all prepared to go and fish such a command module with its three occupants out of the ocean if that, if that ever occurred. Well, it didn't occur, and, but there were first other, other bases, uh, U.S. bases around the world. There's one in Japan where they were all prepared to do this. In order to get the helicopter crews uh, sort of trained to do, do such a, a rescue, if that ever happened, in their part of the world, was uh, they had what were called boilerplate command modules, which they practiced with. You know, they took them up underneath a helicopter, they put, put them in the sea, they then recovered them from the sea, and they also did the sort of training, how, how to, um, you know, they went through such things as how to open the hatch, how to get astronauts out, if that should ever occur. 
and they had one of these boilerplate command modules at uh, at RAF Woodbridge from the late 60s right through to the end of the Apollo program, which uh, the final Apollo mission to the moon was in 1972. Um, and after that, it wasn't going to be needed. So um, it was apparently shipped back to America. Now, I, I did a lot of research to find out what had become of this uh, particular Apollo command module, the boilerplate one. We have a lot more to cover here about the Rendlesham yeah. Forest UFO, and I want you to continue to explain that. Plus, we have 20,000 questions to ask of you. As we continue with George and Gene and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health, not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your local water provider. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. George, we, of course, obviously yeah. have to interrupt you every so often for a piece of business. That's okay. Would, would you, sure, let's continue. Yeah. Okay, so um, this Apollo Command module had been shipped back to America in late 1977. And there was, obviously, there was no further need for it at Woodbridge. And they thought they'd send it back. Uh, These things, um, they made quite a lot of these uh, boilerplate modules. Not the real thing, but an exact replica in size and shape and weight, and they end up in all sorts of places. Uh, there's at least one, maybe two, at uh, the Kennedy Space Center. I've seen it and photographed it there. There's one which, for some unknown reason, sits outside a Dairy Queen somewhere in Pennsylvania. I don't know how the Dairy Queen managed to get it. And there's one which got lost in the ocean and was taken taken off by the Russians eventually presented during the height of the Cold War, funnily enough, back to some uh, U.S. ship uh, which happened to be hanging around in, I don't know, Archangel or somewhere up that way. They went and collected the Apollo Command module, which the Russians had found and had a great ceremony. But that's by and by. And um, I really knew nothing of this. I don't think any of the other UFO or people who are investigating the Ransom Forest business had any conception that um, there was some involvement of this kind. Certainly, certainly not back then in the 1980s. But the fact of the matter was that although it had been shipped back to America in 1977, this very same Apollo Command module reappeared on the Woodbridge base at pretty well the same time as the Reynolds Forest incident. People 
didn't think anything of it because it had been sort of visible on the base years before and maybe it had been out of sight for three years. It just seemed to have popped up again and not many people made any connection with the fact that this could very easily have been the the object which Penniston and Burroughs found in the forest. Okay, so um, let's take this then to uh, uh, the next step. Uh, if this, you know, uh, duplicate of the uh, command module was being uh. used for something, what was it being used for? And you referred to it as was it Operation Honey Badger. That that is indeed uh, what I believe it was. Um, Useful, and uh, I'll describe how we get how we get there. Uh, I don't know if you you have a memory of the year 1980, and the year 1980 and the end of 1979 was when the the, the Shah of Iran had been overthrown, the um, Ayatollah Khomeini came to power in Tehran and some revolutionary Islamic students uh, took over the US Embassy and held 52 Americans uh, hostage and they held them hostage uh, for in the end they, they were hostage for 444 days and of course people in Britain who looking at Rendlesham, probably wouldn't make any connection at all with what was going on in right through 1980 with the Rendlesham Forest incident. But the fact of the matter is that um, poor old uh, Jimmy Carter, you know, he, he was a good sort, and his presidency was completely blighted by this hostage crisis. And all people thought about hey, in this country speaking as I am from in, inside the U.S., all they thought about was we must have to get our hostages back. Something must be done. These poor people are being held, imprisoned by the Iranians, and we have to get them back. Well, the Iranians wanted uh, an awful lot in return to get them back, and they didn't want just billions. They wanted, they wanted the Shah sent back to be tried in Tehran, and they also wanted the supposed billions which the Shah had and apparently taken out of the country, they wanted all that back as well. So they said, you're not getting your hostages back until you come up with what we want. Now this went on right through 1980, so the US military were tasked by Jimmy Carter to uh, make a rescue operation, uh, you know, and this had to be something pretty good because uh, it would involve an awful lot of uh, getting into Iran, getting the hostages out alive, and um, they devised something called Operation Eagle Claw, which... Um, Involved uh, quite a number of big transport planes, C-130s, and also helicopters, big helicopters, 
And the plan was to rendezvous in the in the Iranian desert at some place which is about 100 miles from Tehran. And then uh, in conjunction with CIA agents who are already in Iran to go into the city center which and the U.S. Embassy, which is where the hostages are being held, and um, bring a lot of special operations uh, men who, who would uh, rescue rescue hostages. Well, this didn't work. The whole thing was a disaster, and um, eight eight U.S. servicemen, um, Air Force men were killed when two of the planes out in, out in the desert, a special position called Desert One, collided. Uh, this was mainly due to the fact that there was a, a sandstorm, uh, which meant that some of the aircraft became unserviceable, some had turned back, um, one aircraft collided with another, and the whole operation had to be called off. Uh, this was extremely unfortunate. This happened in uh, April of uh, 1980. And what a lot of people don't realize, they don't realize because it was totally secret, is that after that appalling failure uh, to go through, with it, to get this plan to work, to rescue the hostages, uh, another secret operation to do it and get it right this time was uh, set up it was called operation it was called project honey badger before we continue with project honey badger and what it means with george uh-huh. sheen and tim you're in the Paracast. thank you for listening to gcn visit gcnlive.com today Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. News update, and they say it never rains in Southern California. There is a blizzard warning still in effect for Southern California, which is shocking to many longtime residents. I've lived in Los Angeles my whole life, and I haven't seen any snow since the late 50s when I was a kid. Heavy snow and gusty winds can be expected in the Ventura and Los Angeles County mountains. This on the heels of Friday's torrential rains and flooding. If we were just driving and then 
was like a traffic jam here around and we're just driving and the car stopped. It doesn't work. That audio courtesy of KTLA. Up to a foot of snow could fall at elevations as low as 2,000 feet. I'm John Schaefer. Residents of East Palestine, Ohio, getting support from government officials to clean up that toxic mess after that train derailment. Corey Myers, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. So we're continuing now with our discussion, Project Honey Badger. George, tell us more about it. Okay, so if um, if you're tasked with a new project to free these hostages, uh, you've got to have some pretty smart techniques to to deceive the um, the guards, people who are guarding the hostages, and uh, in the, and also various methods of distracting um, the the hostage takers, so that the attention is in this direction whereas your special forces men go in uh, having descended from helicopters um, on the other side and free free up the hostages get them all out without any casualties or with as few casualties as possible get them into helicopters or transport aircraft and take them away and uh, that's not a very easy task and the hostages were in Syria at the towards the end of um, towards the end of 1980. 
they were being held in, in a large mansion on the outskirts of Tehran, uh, you know, with, with the city on one side, but, you know, in thin, a thinly populated area, which had just desert and scrub beyond. And I think that the people in the Pentagon who were trying to figure out uh, various methods of enticing or luring the the head, the head man, the head hostage taker, whoever that was on duty, um, out into, out and away from the house to deal with, you know, something which they would put down. And I suggest that they were going to use something like the Apollo command module, you know, they were no longer needed, uh, with what I call a directed energy weapon in it. This thing would be put down in the desert from from a helicopter, from a big helicopter, um, at, say, one mile from the mansion where the hostages are being held. And in the middle of the night, the guards would look out and they'd see a winking light, a blinking light out there, and they think, what's this? Has someone come to take our hostages, or what is it? Is this some sort of a plot by the Americans? They'd probably think that to start with. And after time, hopefully, uh, the head guard and some of his men were guarded. They'd probably take guns, and they'd probably be extremely wary of what they were going to meet. And I suggest this, um, this Apollo command capsule had just that it was um, the sort of thing which they were going to use and use a directed energy weapon attached to it to zap whoever came out to uh, to look and see what was going on. And um, obviously, if they're going to use this, this was just one. I suggest this was just one of what I call Trojan horse weapons. Uh, Trojan horse weapons... It's my acronym, THW, uh, what I call weapons of deception. And uh, you use them in warfare to misdirect the, the enemy, uh, to deceive the enemy, to distract them uh, in their own direction. And um, I think that this um, Apollo CM with a directed energy weapon attached to it was one of the things they thought of as what we're going to need. And I think another one was, oh, I don't know if you expected this, was the Cashlandrum object. And Cashlandrum object, we all know about, was the UFO, was described as a UFO, which um, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum was uh, young Colby Landrum uh, encountered some, I don't know, 45 miles out, out of Houston in a wooded area uh, one night, just just three days later, I think, than uh, all these goings-on back in England. Um, I think it's all part of the same project. And uh, what I suggest is the Cash Landrum object, the UFO, which injured um, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum to some extent 
was another object meant to distract the enemy. And what I think this was, and what I suggest it was, was um, a hot air balloon, especially a customized hot air balloon, which shot out, besides the burners, uh, sending hot air up into the envelope of the balloon. It had downward pointing burners as well, which gave it a fearsome appearance. And if you flew it along at you know, a fairly low level, the, uh, the guards who were guarding the hostages and the other military who, who might be in the vicinity would come out and chase that as it drifted across. Um, this, I'm pretty certain, uh, the Cash Landrum object was another part of Project Honey Badger. Let me ask you a question here about Cash Landrum, because we've talked uh, about that case too, and you make a very uh, sensible point there of the similarities. And that is, were they just in the wrong place at the wrong time? for this to have happened? I mean, you can understand maybe soldiers being tested, but not private citizens. No, I I don't think there was any intention of uh, testing private citizens. What I think is uh, that um, that balloon, it was an unmanned hot air balloon um, being controlled. If you remember, the Cash Landrum case, a large number of military helicopters uh, which were um, flying along close to the balloon, and I believe the balloon, which was unmanned, was being controlled, radio signals from one of those helicopters. And the thing about that is uh, what you really have to control is for it to going up and going down. And, and if you have some kind of a remote control which controls the balloon's burners, you can, in theory, you can make it go up when you want, slowly, and you can bring it down by turning the burners down uh, remotely. And I think that the uh, people who were controlling the balloon found that they great difficulty in making it do what they wanted. And I think it descended pretty well onto the road which happened, it was just a, you know, a small country road through, through the forest um, out there in Texas, near, near Dayton, Texas, um, where uh, the unfortunate Landrums and Betty Cash happened to be driving along on their way back from, I think they'd been out to dinner. And uh, they found this balloon effectively blocking the road. And uh, it was a very narrow road, and rather than turning around and uh, departing, they drove pretty well up to it. Now, the balloon wasn't quite down on the road. I think it was still maybe 10 or 20 feet up in the air. But Betty Cash got out of the car, and uh, these uh, burners, the downward-pointing burners on the balloon, I think... um, well, what caused the terrible heat stroke which she suffered from? She lost skin, she lost a lot of hair. I don't think there's any reason to think that this was ionizing radiation as you would get from some atomic weapon or something which has been popularized as being the cause of her injuries. Uh, I think it was just just plain heat 
and getting too near plane heat. I, I mean, you get the same sort of thing if you stand near a furnace and you, know, you, you don't move away. Let's continue so, with this. I want to ask more about Cash Landrum in our next segment, George. Uh-huh. We'll continue with George, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Pedicast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you ever get the feeling that the world is being held together with duct tape? Every day we're thrown some new meaningless drama in the fake news to distract us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, military conflicts, the disintegration of our most trusted institutions, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. You can trust my Patriot Supply. Our emergency food kits come packed with tasty meals, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one kit for each person in your family. Self-reliance is the only alternative to government food lines. Time is running out. Become ungovernable. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save on dozens of different emergency food kits while you can. These kits are in stock, ship fast, and arrive in unmarked boxes for your privacy. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next crisis strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com If you have an IRA or 401k, please listen closely. My name is Jason Hansen. I'm a former CIA officer and New York Times bestselling author. Throughout my career, let's just say I've been in some hairy situations. And I believe right now the biggest threat facing Americans is they need to protect their wealth, which is exactly what I'm doing for my wife and six kids. And I believe the ultimate safe haven is physical gold and silver. You can protect your hard-earned retirement assets with a tax-free loophole that allows you to convert your retirement into physical gold and silver. The folks I use are Advantage Gold, and believe me, I've investigated the heck out of all types of people. Advantage Gold is the nation's highest rated gold company. They have the best process, pricing, and service. If you want to get your free gold and silver investment kit, please contact Advantage Gold right now, and you'll see how easy it is to protect yourself with precious metals. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Tormay, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Cash Landrum was certainly an interesting case. I was wondering, George, you'd think uh-huh. if this is being followed by aircraft and they're aware of where this device, this balloon, had landed, wouldn't they be aware of the fact that some innocent civilians maybe gotten too close to it and could have been hurt, and maybe they would do something about it? Well, one, one would have thought so. One would have thought you ought to test such a thing over a totally uninhabited area like, uh, you know, the desert in New Mexico or somewhere. But I think in order to do that testing, they wanted to try and make it... Uh, similar situation to what they would be doing in Iran if they had to do this in Iran. And so I think that the helicopters may well have been started off from a carrier, a a U.S. carrier in in the Gulf of Mexico, and they may have said, we're going to fly in over the coast, and then we're going to come to some pretty deserted area and uh, we're going to start this balloon going. Uh, now, whether you, they had to land somewhere and get the balloon up in the air, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it does seem curious, I must say, that this happened in Texas, which, okay, okay a lot of open areas, but uh, I just thought they'd be more careful than that. But uh, I think the basic fact of the matter is they couldn't control it very well. It came down when it wasn't meant to come down. It did go up again, according to Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum. It went up into the sky again and, and then vanished wherever. One unfortunate thing about this is that we don't have any other witnesses apart from the two Landrums and Betty Cash who actually saw this. So there was, um, I think, some... Police, police officer, or someone uh, quite near there, who said he saw a whole lot of helicopters uh, on that night, including several Chinooks. Those are the twin tandem rotor helicopters, and that's what Betty Cash said as well. She said there were something like six or seven of those. Now, if you were doing some hostage rescue operation, you'd probably have several big helicopters. But to let your um, your flaming balloon come down on a on a road, even if you are out in the wilds in the boonies, um, it does seem a little bit careless. 
You know, though, if this was something that had been developed to act as, say, a distraction, uh-huh. then um, the occupants of the car proved that it worked. Because rather than turning around and, and running away as quickly as they can, no, they stopped and got out to look at it. Yeah, so it was su- right. it right. was successful, you know, for uh, what it was. You know, if if your uh, scenario is true, it's successful for what it was developed for. Well, that's true. But then um, both these things, I, I think both these Trojan horse weapons, which is what I call them, uh, never had to be used for real. It never had to be used in anger, because eventually the hostages got released. On the very day that uh, Ronald Reagan came into office, which is January 20th of 1981, and um, all sorts of negotiations have been going on quite apart from Project Honey, Honey Badger, which was uh, you know, totally one-sided. You know, that was an interesting conspiracy theory, too, claiming that Reagan's people got involved, which is technically not legal, in negotiations, uh-huh. diplomatic negotiations, and held off the settlement until Reagan was elected. And otherwise, yeah. had this not happened, it's possible Jimmy Carter would have been president for another term. Well, uh, the fact is that, uh, okay, the election would have been in November. Now, that, that is before... Um, cash landrum, the cash landrum thing, and it's before uh, in November of um, 1980, uh, Reagan was elected, and I think people had sort of given up on Jimmy Carter, nice guy that he was, and um, of course there are all these conspiracy theories that. Uh, Reagan's people said, uh, you know, don't release the hostages until until Carter's out of the way. Um, I don't know. That's not proved. And also, uh, people say that, um, well, how, how did Reagan's people manage to negotiate the release of the hostages? Um, they must have uh, ponied up uh, quite a lot of money, you know, maybe several billion in, in order to get that to happen. So we simply don't know. Uh, what the truth of the matter was. Uh, maybe it was a coincidence. Well, the truth of the matter here, as far as we're concerned, is the Cash Landrum case. We have innocent civilians being injured by this object. Now, uh-huh. the government didn't do anything to help them, did they? Well, no. Um uh, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum uh, brought a case against the government, and they got the Peter Gerstein, I think it is, from Kaus Citizens Against USA, US UFO Secrecy, who who is a lawyer, to right. bring this case. And I think uh, they were asking for twenty million, something like that, from the U.S. government, and um, the case was. Rejected because because the the judge said, well, you ha- you haven't proved your case because we can't prove these um, uh, these helicopters. The twenty three helicopters you saw belong to the U.S. government. Uh, they didn't belong to the U- U.S. Uh, Air Force, which is what you maintain. And they didn't belong to the Army. 
and uh, we have no account for all these helicopters. So whoever did it, uh, it's not, not our concern. Sorry, and so so the women didn't get any money at all, and both of them are now dead. Um, and one of the people involved, here's another interesting angle, one of the people involved in the case on the government side, giving evidence for the government, I think, was John Alexander, who, as you know, has uh, considerable UFO, UFO connections and uh, secret military connections, and was the and if you remember the men who stared at who stared at goats, uh, that was John Alexander. Not to mention uh, Albert Stubblebein and various other characters. Uh, so that is interesting, and I do actually put in the book that uh, John Alexander was the one who. As regards the uh, Cash Landrum uh, affair, he, he went and asked a man called Saran, who was a uh, good friend of his, who's a senior military man, can you go around and find out who, who these helicopters belong to? So Saran did that, and he asked this unit and that unit and the Marines and, uh, and came back and said, well, they all say... Not ours. Don't know who's they, who they belong to, but not ours. And uh, that's another interesting uh, angle on it. I, I think, you know, the, the man who, who was asking whose helicopters are these, like he was lied to by some, uh, some part of the U.S. military who just plain lied to him, said, okay, must be someone else. Definitely nothing to do with us. They didn't care about innocent civilians being injured, seriously no. injured. Didn't matter to them, whatever, unless can, those can citizens could it? prove it. Sure. Yeah. Um, Kurt Collins, I think, has done quite a lot on the Cash Landrum case. Now, I don't know if Kurt Collins thinks of that object, the UFO, was a bona fide uh, extraterrestrial UFO, or whether he thinks it was a secret military thing for whatever purpose. I don't see Kurt as the kind of guy who comes out with final decisions on anything. He did an extensive research into this, and he's been a f yeah. frequent guest on the Paracast. He's one of our guest co-hosts. And I would like to bring him on if we were going to do Cash Landrum again and have him talk with you. But I always personally felt very logical that that was because it's so different from the normal UFO case. It might have been a government experiment, test aircraft of some kind, and certainly tying Rendlesham in with it makes a lot of sense. This makes sense too. We'll hear more with George and Gene and Tim. You're in. The Paragast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. 
But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I just wondered, George Wingfield... How many innocent people have been harmed because the government is screwing with them, particularly in relationship to UFOs? Just wondering. Yeah. Um, well, as regards uh, directed energy weapon, I do uh, cover this in some detail in the book. And I'm not suggesting that a directed energy weapon was involved in any way with the Cash Landerman incident, but I am suggesting that such a weapon was um, employed at Reynoldsham Forest. And I think this is what uh, John Burroughs was zapped with, and I think this accounts for his, uh, all his health problems from that time onwards. Well, and we do know that directed energy weapons are a real thing, because I remember, God, what was it, you know, five, ten years ago, uh, the, the military brought out these um, uh, uh, crowd-controlled machines that they called them. They basically were like on top of, of Humvees, and they were microwaves yeah. they would they would direct uh, 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 microwave beams at a crowd and it would make the uh, the people feel like their skin was on fire yeah you know, right. yeah I mean you just go to, go to Google and look that up and, and and you'll find it so I'm sure there's even more um, sophisticated well, that's devices. In, my, in my book as well yeah sure that thing for crowd control which was put on top of Humvee. I forget what it is now, but I do mention it somewhere in the book. 
It's, yeah, I mean, the re- the research for directed energy weapons goes way back. I mean, as early as probably the 1960s. Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. And, and uh, it goes back, if you remember, um, Star Wars and uh, Ronald Reagan was very much in favor of what was called Star Wars. Uh, I forget its, um, its official name then, was to have... Um, satellites with some kind of a huge energy gun, directed energy weapon of some kind, which was capable of uh, blasting rockets, ICBMs, enemy satellites, things of this kind, and destroying them at at a distance. Um, I don't think it was really possible with the technology at the time, but on a much smaller scale, to have a directed energy weapon, which, uh, you know, is, I'm shooting you with one of these things from a range of, say, 20 feet, 30 feet, um, yeah, that's much more practical, and can do quite a lot of damage to you, short of killing you, uh, probably could kill you as well, if, if you were even closer. Oh, well, you know, the uh, scientist Nikola Tesla back in the 1930s uh, uh, came up with the, uh, the, the plans and how to build it, a, a, a particle beam weapon uh, yeah. that, uh, that was proved to, uh, to be very efficient and, and workable by both the United States and the Soviet Union um, uh, probably as early as the 1970s. But, you know, this is a technology that's been worked on for, for quite a long time. Oh, that's right, that's right, because that's why Star Wars um, got all the support it did, because it was in particular because there was this general called Keegan who said, well, the Soviets have got um, a particle beam weapon like this, and they're ahead of us, and um, they're, they're trying it out in uh, Semipalatinsk, which is in the middle of Kazakhstan, uh, well, it's where they conducted all their nuclear tests. And um, they've got this particle beam weapon, and he got a lot of people in Congress and in the Senate really quite sort of worked up. America's got to close the, the gap. We can't allow the Soviets to be ahead of us on this sort of thing. But um, that sort of particle beam weapon, that, that's on quite a large scale, and you need the huge pulses of enemy energy, which you have to focus on the incoming airplane or missile or whatever it is you wish to disable or destroy. Just parenthetically, George, parenthetically, we look at Russia within the Soviet Union, and we think if they were actually developing such a thing 50 years later, you think, you know, wait a minute, wouldn't they have used something like that in the war with Ukraine? to kind of speed things up, because the one thing that the Soviets or now the Russians seem to suffer with is poor technology, not just poorly trained soldiers, but not having the technology to do away with Ukraine in three days after a year, they're still fighting. Well, that is true, but I don't think a particle beam weapon would have been much use to the Russians in this uh war they're pursuing now um, and I think that back in the 1980s when um, it was said they had a particle beam weapon 
in semi-Palatinsk. I don't think it was very successful. I think the tests went on for quite a time, but they probably completely failed to bring down an airplane or a drone or anything with uh, with a weapon. Um, so I, I think the whole thing was abandoned. But on a smaller scale, yes, m maybe uh, maybe small particle beam weapons are useful as non-lethal weapons. And um, but in Ukraine, they obviously want lethal. They want a regular rifle, good rifle, and things which can deliver a lot of punch. Nothing, nothing like uh, uh, sort of a rather half-hearted thing, which is going to zap somebody and make make them concussed. But I do have. Um, let me see. ADS was the um, system. It's called Active Denial System, we were talking about just now. And that was the thing which heats up your skin and is used for crowd control. And uh, that was actually put into use, uh, I can't remember, briefly. It was uh, on top of a hum Humvee, I think it was used in Iraq uh, a few times. But uh, it had to be withdrawn because people said, well, if you, get a, if you fire your directed energy in their eyes, that's going to blind people. And uh, we get sued for millions of dollars by civilians who say they were blinded by us using this ADS system. All right. So looking at what we've been talking about, why Rendlesham? Why did this happen at Rendlesham? Well, um, say you had uh, this kind of weapon and you wanted to try it out on some unsuspecting military folk. Uh, I'm afraid they'd have to be your own folk because after all, you've got to interrogate them afterwards and say, okay, uh, well, what happened? What happened to you? Did you did you um, did you have sudden memory loss? Did you did you um, were you blinded or whatever? They, they had to try them out on some unfortunate, unwitting soldiers, and this is not the first time the, uh, that's been done by Americans. Because if you remember, there were all sorts of congressional hearings on trying out radioactive substances and LSD on people by the military uh, on unwitting subjects, quite, quite often not, not necessarily military men, but uh, patients in some hospital uh, trying out various things. And um, that's always been the attitude. You know, these, these, we need to have these things, and we've got to try them on somebody. So who are we going to try them on? Try them on people who don't know that this is being done to them. Do you think, parenthetically here, that maybe Barney and Betty Hill were the victims of some kind of mind control experiment? That might be something else we can bring up as we continue. The book is The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery. The author, George Wingfield, has a lot more to talk about. You're here with Gene and with Tim, and of course with George. You're in the Paragast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. 
They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit ShopSuperTea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is ShopSuperTea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So just quickly here before we get back to this, would people like Barney and Betty Hill back in the early 60s have been the victim of government ledger domain or experimentation? It's, it's certainly possible, but I don't think this was the case with Barney and Betty Hill. Uh, Betty Hill, I have a piece I've got somewhere on my computer, which uh, I might send you. Actually, Betty Hill was uh, a slightly crazy lady. She, she, was, she was a wonderful woman, but she saw flying saucers and aliens around every corner. This is especially after um, her alleged encounter and her brief abduction with with husband Barney. But uh, some researcher went up to talk to Betty Hill and he said he he enjoyed everything immensely, but Betty Hill was the sort of person who, you know, so I got to get on the street and get something. And when she came back, she'd be breathless. She said, oh my God, there was was a UFO flying at treetop level. Did you see it? Did you see it? And, and, uh, yeah, great excitement and a great insistence. Yeah, the aliens are out there. They're they're very close to us. And some other lights from some railroad crossing, uh, she took this guy out and said, well, look, you see that red light moving along over there? Well, he saw very quickly that it was some kind of reflection off the railroad track, I think, of a crossing light. And he thought, oh, my God, this this, this lady is a sort of, <laughs> she's something else. And um, so that rather sort of puts my estimation of Betty Hill <laughs> to a different level. I did meet her a couple of times back in the 70s, and you did? again, I thought oh. she was a really nice woman. Oh, she's really nice, she, wonderful. Yeah. Sure. And she did sure. influence, obviously, her niece, Kathleen Martin. Oh, yes. But I think oh. Kathleen obviously had thorough training as a hypnotherapist, but I thought the last time we had her on, she started going into the fringe area far more than I might have expected. Just the point. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to bring something out of left field here. Speaking of left field, there's the book that was written by Peter Robbins and Larry Warren, Left at Eastgate. It was our first exposure to Rendlesham when we had Peter on the show. Later on, he learned that Larry Warren was pulling the wool over everyone's eyes with what he claimed to have happened, and Peter kind of disavowed the book. So do we think that Larry Warren is another Peniston, or do you think... Warren was no, worse. No, no. Oh, I think Larry Warren was far worse than Peniston. Peniston was there, and most of his story is as it is. He has embellished his story. The first embellishment, which I say about Peniston's story, is the, the takeoff, which only he ever witnessed. So, uh, but just to go back to Larry Warren. Now, I was at a UFO conference in... I was in Pensacola Beach, and uh, I guess this was 1997. And Larry Warren was one of the speakers. And um, what's the other guy called? The guy I did the book with? P. 
to Peter Robbins, Peter Robbins. Yeah, they were both there, but Larry Warren got up to speak, and I was very interesting to hear what he said about uh, uh, about Rendlesham. And I knew from the moment he got up there, this man is giving us a pack of lies. I, I could tell, I could tell. Uh, I'm not that intuitive, but I knew for a fact that this... Uh, I knew that... What Larry Warren was saying was completely untrue. It, um, he had got, obviously, he knew about the story. He knew about the encounter in the forest, and he knew about all of this sort of stuff. He, he was, uh, Larry Warren was a young Air Force man uh, who, who was briefly based at uh, RAF Bentwaters Stroke Woodbridge, at the time of this. But if you check in um, Nick Pope's book and various other books, um, no one, none of the witnesses who, um, who, who were there at the time, who, who were in Renderson Forest, who were on the base, uh, remembers Larry Warren being there. I don't know where he was. He might have been on the leave or he might have been, goodness knows. Uh, but the story he, the story Larry Warren got, I believe, was given to him by a man called Adrian Bastinza, was one of these sort of peripheral characters who was um, out in the forest seeing UFOs and things of this kind. And I think he gave Larry Warren his story. And Larry Warren thought, well, okay, I was there and I saw all this and embellish it no end. And he did, and he said that, um, Larry Warren said that, you know, a large number of Air Force officers, including the base commander, whether he meant uh, Charles Holt or deputy base commander or Gordon Williams, who was the commander of the um, 81st uh, Tactical Fighter Wing, the most senior officer on the base, they, they came out with other men, and then there was someone there who had a, radio with him who said they're coming they're coming and he was supposed to have been in contact with the ufo which flew in and there was this he said it was a pyramid shape a small pyramid shaped object and uh, one could see little beings alien beings uh, sort of fuzzy outline inside it and the base commander, according to Larry Warren, went up and communicated with these beings. And then the story got even better. And I, I think uh, the story was that this unfortunate alien spaceship had got some problem and it uh, had to land and it needed to be repaired. <laughs> this is one, one, one of the... Uh, Features of the Rendlesham story, which some people some people thought was uh, plausible. I don't think it's plausible in any way. Uh, what, what, what do you repair a UFO with? You can't just drop into some American Air Force base and borrow the avionics from the A-10 airplane or, or whatever. <laughs> what would you use to repair a UFO? So, as I said before, I thought... Larry Warren's story, or his take on it, was, um, uh, well, something unmentionable, but um, th there we are. And I like Peter Robbins. Uh, Peter Robbins, I haven't seen him since that 
time. And I know Peter Robinson is a great follower of Bud Hopkins and uh, very fascinated by the alien abduction subject. But I hope that I will see Peter Robbins because he's going to be at a UFO um, uh, uh, a UFO meeting, which I go to every year, which is in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. It's the Ozark, the Ozark Mountain uh, UFO conference. I would um, love to see that one day. I've heard about it for years, and I haven't well, been why to why Arkansas. Why don't you come? Yeah, why don't you come this year? I'll consider it, but it's quite a distance from us. we got more to come with George and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Have you ever watched a video on the Internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why Internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. USA News Update. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky looking for air support from the U.S. He needs tanks. He needs artillery. He needs air defense, including another HIMARS. There's things he needs now that we're sending him to put him in a position to be able to make gains this spring and this summer going into the fall. The idea that we know exactly what's going to be needed a year, two, three from now, but there is no basis upon which... There is a rationale, according to our military now, to provide F-16s. There were no survivors when a small medical plane went down Friday night in the Nevada desert, killing all five people on board. Despite protests from students, Marymount University in Northern Virginia has voted to get rid of 10 of its degree programs, including theology and religion. Corey Myers. USA News. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win so if you've been in a serious car truck or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to call the legal helpline right now 800-509-4492-800-509-4492 
That's 800-509-4492. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill M.D. discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. This is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right, we continue with George Wingfield talking about the book, The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. should point out this is not a very long book comes in at close to 200 pages with the index, and therefore it's worth a read and it won't take very long to get all the information. It's really, really fascinating. Now, when the Rendlesham case occurred, George, one of the explanations came out, it was just people seeing this lighthouse in the distance. Well, I'm very familiar with that lighthouse, which has sadly been demolished uh, just about um, two years ago. They they took it down. They said it was going to fall into the sea anyway, and it's no longer no longer there. And I've got my own photograph of, of the lighthouse, which is was, I should say, not is, at Orford Ness, which is six miles away from the base, from the uh, Woodbridge base. I used to go to that part of Suffolk, Suffolk, England, many times before the Rendlesham case, before 1980. I'm a very old man, as, as you probably know. And I used to go there in the 70s, and I was very familiar with the lighthouse. And uh, the lighthouse used to let out a bright flash every five seconds. It was sort of like a rotating beam from the lighthouse, a rotating mirror. And there's no way that the lighthouse explains all that happened. What I say is what I said from the beginning. There's absolute, definite proof there was some heavy physical object, a craft, if you like, down in the forest for a time. And this is what, what Penniston Burroughs came up against. And just to go back to what they described, or, or what Penniston in particular described, it corresponds roughly... Well, not even roughly, it's pretty closely in size to the Apollo CM, which we know was uh, held on the base and was there for many years, even after the event. Yes, Apollo but if CM, it's held at the base, they would be aware of it, correct? Who, who would be aware of it? Penniston and Burroughs. So, oh, yeah, but it hadn't been held at the base. As I said, 
just to go back to recap, it had been flown out because it was no longer needed for training purposes for Apollo command capsule. It had been there at one time. Oh, it had been there. Right, it had been there at one time, but was this before Penniston and Burroughs were involved with the Air Force? Uh, and then it reappeared, the command module, at the place at RAF Woodbridge, at the same time as the uh, UFO incident. And it was seen there, I mean, in the days and weeks that followed, people said, oh, there, there's that old CM, Apollo CM, which used to be there before. And, okay, I think some people said, oh, it's been moved, it used to be around there, or maybe they had it in a hangar. And people didn't connect the two things. But um, if you think about it, I described the shape and size of the Apollo Command Module, and they are very much the same as the object which Penniston describes he walked up to, and he touched it, he walked around it, and he found what he called glyphs on it, and he the glyphs were rough patches on it, otherwise it was just shiny metal like any uh, any Air Force fighter plane or whatever, they were, you know, stainless steel, which is what they're usually made of with a honeycomb construction to hold the plates up. But apart from that, I do believe uh, Panison, when he said he did go up to the UFO and touch it because he said he drew the principal symbol which was on it. He drew it. And the principal symbol which he drew was a triangle with the circle up to the left of the triangle and a bigger circle on on the right of the triangle, near the base of the triangle. And when he, when he first uh, came out, he said, oh, this is a diagram of what I saw on, on the craft, on the UFO. A lot of people, not just me, thought, I know what that looks like. It looks exactly like the Apollo mission symbol which would have been uh, painted on an Apollo CM, a boilerplate Apollo CM. And in fact, there was some talk on the internet, chat on the internet. At the time, that diagram, Penison's diagram was first printed, and someone said, oh my goodness, there must have been a secret Apollo mission, probably involving aliens, and it came down in the forest. And what is this? Is this Apollo the legendary Apollo 18 or Apollo 19, which is an entirely secret project in league with the agents. And people speculated on that for a time. And I thought, well, I don't think it was quite that. And then uh, we, ah, let me see. Then um, the, uh, what I was going to add was that um, Recently, in 2019, um, Penison has published this book. Got a copy of it here. It's called The Reynoldsham Enigma. And, of course, it has, on the, on the outside cover, it has a picture of this symbol. Well, it's certainly, the symbol has changed shape since what he drew uh, years before. Um, now, now, right in the middle of the front cover of his book is this circle with a triangle inside it. Uh, it's an isosceles triangle. And uh, three other circles. One is on the bottom right apex, another circle 
much smaller than originally on the top apex and uh, another one just on, on the circle, the larger circle, which encloses the triangle. Well, <laughs> he's altered the shape of it. And so we just have these two versions. Um, I think, I think that uh, Jim Penniston is fully aware now exactly what this thing was he encountered in the forest. I'm sure that back in 1980, when he and Burroughs went in there, he had no idea what it was or what this was all about. But I think that he certainly must be aware of this now, but obviously he's not going to say. Well, he can no longer do that pitch. Okay, so Jim Paniston is, if he does realize what this is really all about now, and I don't know, I believe he does know what it was about. It was a secret project by the U.S. military involving special forces and a special, especially devised Trojan horse weapon. Um, if he does know that, he's not saying. He's, uh, you know, he's got a good thing. He's, he's got his book. He's got, he's appeared on, I don't know, TV shows and, uh, all over, and uh, he's just going to go with the um, idea that this was uh, an object which came from outside outside our planet, an extraterrestrial object, if you like. And I think he's, the last time he actually sort of uh, suggested what this was, he suggested that it was some kind of a extremely high-tech drone which humans from our future had flown back in time. So this was a, a time-traveling drone. I said that the, the last time he, he sort of uh, was talking, talking about this, he said, of course I don't believe it's anything to do with aliens, but I think it was uh, time travelers. And this is what is... Um, uh, was suggested when he was under hypnosis. Of course, uh, he he's done all the hypnosis stuff, like uh, abductees, UFO abductees, and people of that kind. So the great news is that our guest will also be hanging around for after the Paracast, our premium show, to subscribers to the Paracast Plus. Check the Plus. George, Gene, and Tim, more to come. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week. 
less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork. You know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. That's 800-507-3137. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. So, Peniston's excuse, George, is going to be well, he was hypnotized. Is he going to suggest that maybe the hypnosis made him remember things he would otherwise not have remembered that didn't happen? Yes, uh, that is certainly true. And another embellishment to his story, uh, which is absolutely fascinating and I show you are well aware of, is that in fairly recent years, I forget what it was, 2010, something of this kind, he, he was um, doing some 
kind of a program with the History Channel people who love their UFOs and their and um, he was in Phoenix, Arizona. I think John Barris was there too. And uh, they, they were taking all sorts of shots and interviews and so on. And Peniston produced his police notebook. I mean, he, he was security police. So his police boat, notebook from 1980 when he was at uh, the Twin Bases in Suffolk, England, um, he said he pulled it out of his pocket. He said, he said "This is the one where he has a, a sketch he made. He alleges he made of the UFO the next day from memory." Somebody saw. Oh, what are all those ones and zeros? This long string of ones and zeros uh, written there. And Jim said, "Well, I don't know, but that's what I got from the UFO." You know, we never heard anything about this before. Uh, I think 2010, but I'd have to check that date. That's what I got when I went up and touched the UFO in the forest. Somehow, a long stream of binary digits came into my into my head. He said it, it was um, sort of flashing lights, and I was able to remember this long stream of you know maybe. 3,000 digits, I forget the number, but there are a lot of binary digits, such as you get in computer code. Every computer in the, in the world uses binary digits. And um, he said uh, the next day, or possibly the day after, when he was away from the base, he wrote these down in his police notebook, and he'd never really taken any notice of them until... He, he's there with the History Channel. He, he said, oh, yeah, yeah. So the people from the History Channel, I think this was probably Linda Howe and Kim Sharon, who were doing some ancient alien show or something of that kind, um, took away this this notebook or the photograph, a long string of zeros and ones, endless zeros and ones running in several pages, and, of course, they came back with, uh, I think, the so-called UFO experts from the Ancient Aliens show uh, came back with their interpretation of, of what this coded message was. And, of course, uh, they, they said it shows the um, geographic coordinates of various sites on Earth, which um, uh, obviously very important and... Um, uh, connected with your so first of all they had the great pyramid the pyramid of giza uh the coordinate geographic coordinates to know, seven eight places decimal something unbelievable they claimed was in these string of digits and uh nick pope in his book nick pope sounding very skeptical of uh what this is really about thought he said, this like, looks like a new age wish list, you know. We've got the Great Pyramid, we've got the Nazca lines, we're in the list, uh, the geographic coordinates in each case, and um, High Brazil. Well, I thought, High Brazil, that's a sort of legendary place which occurs in in ancient Irish myth. It's not a real place at all. Well, that was there, uh, and several other places, and... As, as Nick said, it is like a, a New Age wish list for, um, ob obviously, for UFO aficionados who, who think this is wonderful stuff.
George, I would think, though, that a computer programmer could look at the ones and zeros and maybe compile them and see what they stand for. Well, uh, it depends. It depends, of course, what code you're using. Now, uh, it was claimed by Linda Howard and, uh, and the other guy um, that this was ASCII code. That's the usual code in a lot of the world's computers was ASCII, American Standard Coded Interchange Information. Uh, hope I've said that right. Any, anyway, uh, there are many different varieties of that. And, uh, yeah, uh, people could make what they like of it. And uh, you could say, okay, if we assume that it's ASCII code, here's a huge string of numbers. Maybe we've got, you know, sort of a thousand digits um, in, in a long string here. What can we make of a thousand digits? Let's say that if we take every every fifth digit or something of this kind and put them all together, that'll give us some geographic coordinates. Well, that may be what they say, but I don't think anyone has shown that or proved it in any way. Um, we know what he, what, what Penison wrote in his notebook now because uh, photographs of that appear in uh, Nick Pope's book. And uh, so anyone can make what they will of this message. But I suggest this message is merely an embellishment to make a better story. And my my comparison in the book I've written is, uh, okay, this sounds a bit like the Bible Code. Do you remember the Bible Code, which is a book written by Michael Drosnan in about um, hmm, 1988? Uh, I don't think we need to bother too much about long strings of binary digits and what they might mean or what they don't mean. But um, I do think another aspect of this is to um, see what the mission of the squadron, the squadron RAF Woodbridge, then in... 1980. The mission had changed. They weren't telling anyone about this. The mission had changed during 1980 from being um, people who were, whose, whose main job was to recover an Apollo uh, an Apollo command module, give it to come down somewhere, you know, somewhere near Britain. And they got a new commander in July of 1980, who was called Charlie Wicker. Colonel Wicker, and the new mission was to infiltrate and exfiltrate special operations forces into enemy-held areas and war zones, and to do this they had stealthy stealth helicopters, like the helicopter they used in the raid to get Osama bin Laden, and this was the new role of that particular squadron, which, of course, correlates with what I was saying about uh, Trojan horse weapon. Hey, George Wingfield, tell our listeners they want to know more of what you do. Where can they check you out? Where can they check me out? you have a website or something? Where can they find more about you? I, I, I don't have a website. Tell them to... Uh, Tell them to read the book, but get the book, read the book, and then if they have further questions, um, I'm sure we could 
discuss this on the Paracast. I, I mean, we, you have a, a forum in which I can answer questions. So encourage people to go to the Paracast. No doubt there'll be a, a thread associated with me or, or my book, and we can we can get into this in more detail. Sounds great to me. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Paracast group and a Paracast fan club. We also offer branded merchandise, four different logos with T-shirts and throw pillows and caps and all that good stuff. Go to theparacast.shop, theparacast.shop for that. Also, George Wingfield will be on our premium show after the Paracast with more discussion. You can get after the Paracast if you subscribe to our streaming service, the Paracast Plus. For more information, go to theparacast.plus. Get this special. Use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20. We'll give you a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions to the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus. George Wingfield, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, Gene. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.